Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Nate Matthews Leader, and I'm joined by my co-host. Maggie and Tim, and we are the Inside Agents. On this weekly podcast, we'll be discussing hot topics around football and the sports industry from two agents' perspectives. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to episode two of the Inside Agents. And what is a podcast hosted by two agents without discussing transfers? Yes, our next episode will be discussing transfers and COVID's effect on football. So, Maggie, first and foremost, can you let our viewers know what a transfer is? First of all, let me just say that uh, this conversation today that we're going to have is exciting. Um, It's very exciting for me, and I love talking about, you know, transfers and, you know, players and how it affects the market. And to, to greatly define what a transfer is... So a transfer is pretty much a business transaction between two different clubs in which a player is, is known to be moved from one club to another. Exactly. And that could be either on a permanent basis, which is called a transfer, or players can be loaned to a club, which is like a lease, whereas right. a club borrows a player for a exactly. period of time. Exactly. And for most people that are probably wondering, like if we're saying, okay, so they're moving from one club to another. So in other words, if a player is under a contract and a specific club is interested in that player, if we say club, club A has one player and club B is interested in that player from club A, club B and club A will come together and negotiate and find a way to transfer that player from club A to club B. And that is where agents come along. So usually what happens, Club A will contact Agent A, and then they'll ask, okay, we're interested in your player. What is your player's, how does your player feel about our club? Is your player interested? Is the club interested? Then it's our job as agents to go to the player's club and ask them, hey, are you guys interested in letting this player go talking to our players seeing how they feel and then if we feel like it's the best move for our players interest or our players interested then we continue to talk to the club about facilitating this deal so now Nate let me ask you this because I mean we talk about transfers right obviously we know transfer king in in football is obviously George Mendez and Obviously, we know that from his history of, you know, making great, great transfers for a lot of his players and clients. So when you say, okay, Club A, you know, is interested and they're talking to Club B's, um, you know, player's agent, should the player consult with the with should the agent consult with the player first or should they go to the club first and then go back to the player? I most definitely think 100% it's the player's choice first. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as an agent's job, you're going to get tons of calls from other clubs always reaching out to your player about acquiring them, depending on your player's performance. So it's up to you to discuss what you've heard from other clubs to your player first, because you can have a club come to your player, but if your player doesn't want to go, then that's not in the player's best interest. So as an agent, and if you're going to transfer someone, if your player says, Nate, I don't want to move to club A, in that sense, as an agent, what do you do? Do you say, okay, obviously my client's best interest is, is, is number one for me, but this could be a great opportunity. So do you just say, okay, ex- you explain back to club A, a that your client is not interested in being transferred or do you say I'm just going to work something out and then the player is just going to have to suck it up at some point and possibly make that transfer because even though they may not want to go personally it may be a, a good move for their career I agree 100% and what this comes back to mm-hmm. is the reason that I would think the move is will be successful for the player or not. I, I can't speak for any agent, but I know that there have been situations where I myself have been offered a lot more money from a club to move a player, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like the market is in the player's best interest. Mm. So I would turn down the move knowing that a lot of money could be made 
but it's not the best place for the player as opposed to taking less money, but knowing that the player can possibly develop and his career can flourish. So I know that money is, money is what that is made in all of the headlines with any agent involved. It's always people talk about, oh, how much money was made in this deal? But as an agent, your job is to always find the player's best deal. So there have been times where I've had I've talked I've talked to a few players about some moves that they might not be interested in at the time being, but after speaking to their agent or me and getting my perspective on the cons and pros of joining this club versus this club or trying to get in this league versus this league, the player may change their mind as well because they might not understand like what we do, like the marketing aspect of you joining a certain club or the fan base that a certain club has that can help build your individual brand for the player, or they don't necessarily hear the conversations you have with the staff of the other club to know how interested they really are in your player versus what their situation is at their current club. So always I say, bring it to the player first because you never want to put your player in a situation where they feel as if they're pinched and forced into making a move. Your job is to convince them of the best move, but convincing them of the best move should be for them and not necessarily your monetary gain. And you want to keep, absolutely. And you want to keep that transparency with your client because at the end of the day, your client comes first. And so, you know, and, and what you don't want also is you don't want to have the conversations with the club, not inform the, the player. And then like, in certain instances or even certain other sports leagues, sometimes a player doesn't even know that they're being transferred. They have to find out either either when they get on the pitch or when they're just finishing a match. And that and that you don't want because that can kind of turn into something else to where it's like the communication is not there, you know, or why wasn't I informed? And so I I totally agree also that I think it's it's always good to talk with um, you know, to speak with that client first and then exactly kind of make the because make that move e- yeah because even if we take north america for instance and they're they're big into the trading business like mm-hmm. i know in europe it's completely different where there aren't really any trades for let's say like a draft pick or it's usually just money it's usually money or sometimes it's a swap deal but these deals can only happen within certain periods which are called transfer windows. And speaking North of transfer windows, speaking of transfer windows, I don't know. Did we touch on that? I mean, because that, that is a part of the transfer market. And so for, for, for our, you know, audience and, and just fans and people that are listening in, um, what Nate is referring to when he mentions, you know, transfer windows is there's two different um, time periods. So obviously there's the January window that you know players can obviously be transferred within and then of course the big one is the summer um window which usually falls between what june yeah june starts in june so um i think it's what june to the well the primarily well this year it's changing yeah it's it's changing the start of the first um kickoff usually before last year it was always the deadline day was August 31st or September 1st. That was the deadline day to get all the deals done. Now um, with COVID pushing everything back, Mm -hmm. the transfer windows are all moving. So we're going to dive into that and we can talk about some FIFA regulations because our, one of our main jobs is to take care of our players' contracts. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of players' contracts who are going to expire But with COVID, the seasons are pushed back. So FIFA has come out and said that they think that the best practice would be for the clubs to extend the players' contracts to the end of the season because when the contracts were signed, that the the assumption was that the player would see out that season. I personally think that makes the most sense because whenever I sign a contract or a player signs a contract, we are assuming that the player will finish out the season. Now, this is an extenuating circumstance that we've never seen before. So, yes, I feel the player should should um, finish out this season. 
unless it does um, impact his if the player is signing with a new club and it impacts his move to the next club, then we're going to have to do a little bit more thinking about that. But overall, the FIFA guideline to extend the players' contracts until the end of the season, I believe w- is the best practice. But as Maggie, you know, some leagues have ended their season already. Like the Absolutely. Dutch league terminated. Right. They, they, and- they've decided. some, And, and that was going to be my question to you. What? What happens in that in that case where you have leagues like Bundesliga who who just decided to restart, you know, their season, you know, or continue, I should say. Um, but then you have leagues like possibly La Liga that's not sure. But then you have cases like in France where um, the French league, you know, one and two decided to just cancel the whole season, so they're not restarting until September. So what happens to to players who are playing? Um, in France, for example, when their contracts expire, you know, um, the end of June or whatnot. And then the new players that signed, that possibly maybe signed and are supposed to start, let's say, July. What what happens then? See, now that, that I feel like it's between the clubs mm-hmm. to decide. Like, you, even... um. FIFA guidelines do say that it's between the the two clubs to come to an agreement on what they decide they're going to do for the player. Mm-hmm. If the player is a free agent, though, then it's basically up to the agent and the player what they decide to do. Me, personally, I say finish out the contract in good faith mm-hmm. and, and finish out the season. And then once okay. you finish out the season, hopefully the club that a year player signs an extension and stays at the club, if he's not happy, then you talk to his club, his new club, and discuss what they feel is best. And also talk to your player, too, because you may have a player who's excited to leave. And he may be like, listen, my contract ends. I know that I signed it in good faith that the season would end. This is a situation I've never experienced before. But my whole family and I were have already planned on moving on to this next club. So once my contract ends, I don't want to leave and join i want to leave when i sign that date right also we have to understand that with covid a lot of clubs have been hurt financially absolutely so there have been players who have taken pay cuts already which will affect the transfer window because now a club may tell players like some premier league clubs have gone to players and say okay we're gonna take a certain percent of your salary away now as a player how do you feel if the club announces a hundred million dollar signing, but yet you're still owed money on your contract. And that's where the whole thing gets complicated. It gets tricky, but I have to say, let me just give a big shout out to the uh, sports attorneys and the lawyers, especially within um, the football industry, because they are working like crazy right now, because that, that is, if anything, there between the lawyers and of course, you know, us as agents, we're 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 constantly trying to figure this out because that's a big deal. Because like you mentioned about pay cuts, taking pay cuts. So in a, in in with leagues within France, they've said, okay, we're gonna terminate the season and take a pay cut, and and we're we're gonna you know do certain things because we're not even going according to the French league. Or, you know, as far as the federation, but we're going just according to France employment law. So that's where it gets even more trickier when it comes down to contracts, because in each country, in each um, league, it's something different. You know, it's exactly. something different that's happening in America here. It's happening also where there's a specific league that is also looking to take a huge pay cut. Like, and, and quite frankly, it's ridiculous. But we'll get into I've- that. A little later um, because that's definitely I definitely want your take on that and I could speak to that in particular because I have a client that's going through that now so it's <laughs> and I have one as well <laughs> yeah, so it's, and... it's like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there scratching my head like wait what is going on that's a huge pay cut yeah <laughs> also cut. here's another thing that our fans may not understand is that in in generating revenue for clubs in Europe, clubs make their money through sponsorship and TV deals, especially in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the broadcasting so, is huge. 
as much as fans like to be involved in games, the revenue that they bring in is not nearly as significant as the broadcast revenue that's brought in. So I, I know that I've had conversations with different leagues and different contacts throughout Europe. And the main, um, the main reason for players to go back and clubs to go back is not necessarily to finish the season. It's the financial implications of not finishing the season which outweigh them actually terminating it for people's health. Yeah, so I mean, there's a, all a listen, risk that clubs The broadcasting are part is very huge. Um, and it's huge across all leagues. And then even that's yes. a question that I've been getting a lot too, just having, you know, coming from that sponsorship background, what happens with the sponsors? You know, there's, there's, some, there's some clubs, there's some players in particular that have sponsorship agreements through the club, which would be through like their image rights. And we'll talk about that later on um, in the future of the podcast as well. Um, yeah, it, it's, there's a lot involved in it, but it's going to, it's going to be very interesting. I'll say this. I feel like this summer window, um, this summer transfer window is going to be interesting. It's going to feel like a January transfer window. What do you think? Yes. You think it's going to feel like January? Or you feel like it's going to be its normal it's it's normal thing because I'm already seeing players, their values have dropped significantly, and it's oh, and it's expected. Yes, um, but I'm seeing certain players that obviously their value is still the same, but or it may have decreased just a little bit. But there are a lot of players that if they were looking to transfer, their value would have been high pre-COVID. Now in the middle or going into post-COVID, their value has declined. And so the question becomes, is it still good to transfer or, you know, not transfer? It's that is a that is a very good point, because um, KPMG did an analysis on player values really before and after COVID. And even um, every single player has literally dropped in value to up to the whole football market has lost 10 billion Mm dollars just on players' value during COVID. So I think personally, it's going to be a very interesting window and we're going to see a lot more swap deals that we've seen recently. Um, An example of a swap deal was the deal that Manchester United and Arsenal did where Manchester United and Arsenal swapped Alexis Sanchez for Hendrik Mm -hmm. Mkhitaryan. I remember that. That, I, I think we'll see more. I've gotten requests from clubs in top divisions now and they're looking more for free mm. agents because they're just not willing to. I'm glad you. Fees. I'm glad you went into free agents because that was going to be my next question to you about free agents. So now you have a lot of these players that, you know, a lot of them their contracts are coming up and it's expiring pretty much by next month, and it's like okay, we don't want to resign. Or you have some clubs within certain leagues and certain places, especially, you know, I- I'm going through that on a daily basis now, just trying to figure out even what some of these leagues and clubs are doing. And it's to the point where now a club is saying, hey, we'll have 15 to 16 free agents and we don't care. We're not going to re-sign any of them. Also, I think this is a very good time for youth development and just bringing in players, I would say from less affluent, situations like i think the south american market will be good the latin american market will be good for mm-hmm. european clubs, africa as well as well as Absolutely. the africa african market as well because i've even got requests from clubs where they know that they don't have to pay a substantial amount for a player and they won't have to give them as high of a salary as mm-hmm. they're used to paying so they'll cut costs that way by saying hey we're just gonna bring in either a player from South America or a player from Africa. So I feel like, or they may just invest in their youth development and say, listen, we're going to play some of our youth players because they're still on the youth salary or the scholarship, I should say. And then um, there's also the scenario of just clubs in general, just saying, Hey, listen, we're, we're trying to sell our top prospects, but, now they're looking at a loss because there are players who, let's say, have two years left on their contract 
and the club thought, okay, this summer I could cash in on that player. Now it's looking like you either have to re-sign that player or potentially lose out on them for free next year or you're going to let them go for a discount this year. So it's really a buyer's market. And it all depends on which clubs want which players and what positions that certain clubs have with their star players. Mm. That's, that's true. So it's, it's going to be a very interesting window. And like Maggie, you know, we share knowledge and we share requests for Absolutely. clubs all the time together. And it's just the requests that we've both seen recently have just it's been ridiculous. like <laughs> yes. unprecedented. The yes. only way I can say it, it's yes. literally unprecedented because there have been top flight clubs and leagues all over requesting players and salaries and fees that we've just never seen before. So even it's our job as agents to even explain to players, hey, we know that usually your salary should be this much, this much, this much. But the situation that the clubs are facing now, they can only afford to right. pay you this amount. So the players, honestly, the luckiest players were the players who signed a deal um, this year, six yes. months prior to COVID. Yes. Because they're, they're safe. The ones who were in the negotiation rounds with clubs have put clubs in pretty tough positions because you know that, hey, some of your teammates are making this much, this much, this much, and now it's time for me to renegotiate. And based on my performance, I was expecting this amount of money, but due to COVID, I'm now faced with the reality that, hey, I can be making one third or half of what I thought I was valued before this. So honestly, and that's, it's very And that's interesting. interesting that you say that um, in regards to players like knowing what other players are making that's listen that's another topic that we will get into as well because I've always found that to be very interesting how I mean players will know what their peers are making and then sometimes even demand to make the same and I'm like well you have to look at the position you have to look at when they sign what contract they sign how do you know what I mean it's so many questions so yeah, that's a topic Nate that we definitely so have to cover at some point um because it's 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 a good one it's a it's a really good one most definitely and one league that we know does it and it's <laughs> it's not a hidden secret the MLS posts yes, everyone's salary, the MLS Players Association. That. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. So, for me, for me as an agent, it's good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's good and bad because, one, you can research and compare sure. players' salaries. It puts clubs in a tough position, though, because if you have a player outperforming a certain player in a certain salary bracket, then there's no um, discretion that they have to say, oh, um, the the person's not making that amount, but the league has all the salaries posted. So you can look at it and say, hey, listen, my players played X amount of games, provided this amount of assists or had this amount of clean sheets. I don't see why they can't be compensated the way you guys are compensating another player. So I think that it's very interesting what happens in MLS. Also, players talk. Mm-hmm. So it is expected that it's expected that um, – we find like, okay, if somebody signs a new contract, they're friends of the club, players are going to find out. So it's always important that as an agent, when you keep your players' yes. heads level and understand that everyone's exactly. situation is different. The full transparency. But also, full, full transparency your, exactly, is so important. Also, it's your job as it is. And it's your job as an agent to get them the exactly. best deal, point blank. Period. Exactly. So I think that. Um, MLS is very interesting in that they, like anyone could go on and find any player's salary. But um, I think that it's also good for agents because uh, we're on there and we can see. I wish they would do that for the women, but hey, that's a different, that's a different um, topic for, you know, that's, that's one of our later episodes that we'll discuss that as well when we discuss women's football. Um, so Nate, we've, I mean, we've covered a lot so far. I mean, obviously talking about like club requests, 
transfers, FIFA regulations, and now we're in this time period where it's just, it's still unprecedented. We don't know what's going to happen, right? So we've seen like one league, um, obviously Bundesliga, come back and start. But my question is, right, without without fans. fans. And honestly, I watch both games because I have a client that plays, you know, within that league. And so, of course, it feels different because you don't have the fans there. Bless you. You don't have the fans there. So, of course, it's different. But I, for me, I said, hey, like I told you, you know, after watching the match, I felt like I, I'd rather take it how it is than have no football at all. Um, yes. I, but, but also, I too, as we saw would... with both clubs, and it's crazy how I predicted the score for, for, for both um, matches, which is interesting, and it was right on the nail. Um, I knew I should have, you know, at least betted with someone on it, but you know, I know something. Should've I mean, bet. I could have betted with you, and I would have, <laughs> and I would have won both. <laughs> but um, my thing with that is right. So we saw, we saw the success, and I was saying this to a friend who's also an agent. I said, look, you know, when Bundesliga comes back and they're playing, whether there's fans in there or not, this is how you're gonna know who's really about it and and that they really love the game and that they couldn't wait to get back on the pitch and that was displayed so now my question is with the other leagues what's the decision I mean because we obviously know France is ruled out so we know the French leagues they're out so okay yeah that's they're out Belgium Belgium is out out as well now I know La Liga is trying to figure it out out. here English um, Premier League is thinking about you know, restarting in June, but there's it's going back and forth. Leagues like MLS, um, USL, you know, here in America, um, CPL in Canada. So it's like, what's the decision now? Is it is the decision or should the decision be to shut down? Or should the decision be to kind of follow what Bundesliga did and said, okay, this looks like it was a success and they played it very well. Maybe we can try that too. Should they try it or should they shut it down? I am going to say each league is different based on I think the Premier League is going to come back because I don't think they mm-hmm. have a choice financially because they make so much money on their yep. broadcasting deals they're going to owe billions of dollars back hundreds of millions of dollars back so they're going to try to figure out a way to finish the season I think one without fans There was talks that the lower clubs in each um, league were saying that it does have an effect on players, which is very true because it's more based on solely talent. There aren't as many factors such as fan noise. Um, The stadium atmosphere is basically gone and stripped from players. That, so the clubs that are fighting for promotion slash relegation are in I'll make a point on that too when you're done. Um. In regards to other leagues, so I would say the leagues that generate more revenue on the fan side, like let's take, I'll take um, MLS and CPL because we're both in North America and I'm in Canada. I can't see the leagues going back to play without fans because they lose out on a lot of revenue that way. Because um, most most clubs make money right. through their ticket sales, so in MLS and CPL, bless you. Sorry, you may find um more fans that have just the the clubs can't literally facilitate or function without ticket sales. Like the lower the leagues get, the mm-hmm. more important fans become. So. I would. I honestly, personally think that if clubs go back to play without fans, it's going to be hard for them financially. To so they're going to be forced to generate more sponsor revenue. Uh, but as um, I think the Premier League needs to come back because, like you said, I love football and every fan loves football, and everyone was waiting for it to come back. And there were some good games. Listen, there were some man, good games that were right played. Now, a lot of goals scored. Present- current month that we're in the day what are we may 18th we would have been i would have been given up to head out to um istanbul for champions league next week so i you know so to me i guess i i feel like certain leagues should 
You know, I feel like they should, but but taking uh, safety precautions, definitely, definitely taking safety precautions, implementing that. So that is why you have, you know, um, some of their healthcare staff, right? Like the doctors and, and, and the, the clubs, um, you know, doctors and, and different people within and their relationships with hospitals and things like that. So just taking those safety precautions, obviously, to wearing the mask, making sure there's um, enough sanitizers um, there. I, I think if it's, if it's a situation where they're worried about fans, for example, right, with certain leagues. So this is where there's two ways. And I was thinking about this even just watching the matches this past weekend. I said, well, man, with the power of technology, I'm sure that there's some type of um, virtual reality company that if they're not already a sponsor or some way a partner, implementing um, a way to get the fans from, you know, these clubs. So let's, let, let's, take, let's take Arsenal, for example. We know they have a huge, huge fan base. So, so that the fans are not completely missing out, why not create something to where those fans watch the match, obviously virtually from home or wherever they are. They can tune in, but possibly using one of the um, jumbo screens at the stadium to show the fans on the screen. So in other words, like the audio from that comes back as if they're still there, even though they're not physically there. Because for certain, for certain clubs that play, if they say, okay, I, we still want to hear some type of fan base, you know, or, or, or we want to hear some kind of fan noise and some fans cheering them on. And so by having the fans just tune in virtually and, and that's attached to like, let's say the jumbo screen, um, I feel like that would be very good. I, I, I look at certain brands and my relationships with certain brands and I know that there's brands that can actually pull that off. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not they're thinking about doing it. I'll say this, a club like PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, they've done something similar where they almost had like a virtual uh, festival at the stadium. So it's possible. Yep. And maybe, you know, things just have to shift to, to digital for right now and figuring out how to keep the fans still involved. Um, but unfortunately for, for leagues like MLS, like you were mentioning, CPL, even USL, yes, it's, it's tough. Um, it's, it's tough. I, com- I completely agree with what you said because I know that a club in the Bundesliga actually allowed their fans to pay 20 mm-hmm. pounds of have a virtual yep. cutout yep. Exactly. of themselves in their seats. Mm-hmm. I also brought this up to you over the phone when we were watching the games that I think that in stadiums, you're right. Why don't, um, I don't know if this is allowed or not. I don't know what the protocol is, but why don't you guys, there are fan chants that p- players sing, I mean, fans sing all the time throughout games. Why don't they exactly. just have a recording of that exactly. go throughout the exactly. throughout the game on a cycle? It's just like, if you have a DJ, if you have a DJ, a virtual DJ, virtual club, you can have someone attached to the Jumbotrons via Bluetooth or at home and just sync the fan chants through certain time periods of the game to simulate the fans. I think I think that's more helpful for like the Absolutely. clubs fighting relegation or the clubs at the bottom of the table or even just every club should do it to generate some sort of some sort of atmosphere in the stadiums because it literally when I was watching it I love football it was just like mm-hmm. watching a yep. like preseason match or like a scrimmage where literally I think that games are gonna become less um I mean more predictable where just the team that has the better players are just gonna win because there's not many other factors that they have to factor in whether it be a fan screaming at you on the sideline berating you about your touch or just all those other atmospheres or other noises that you experience. It's literally, we're playing a scrimmage, do-do-do-do, we knock the ball around, we play, we know we're better than these guys. Exactly. Yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, from the beginning, it's going to be very interesting to see the rest of these leagues, um, you know, either start or, you know, shut it down. And I think the ones that shut it down, I, I, I understand, 
you know, because obviously we're humans first before anything. So we understand from a human's perspective what what's going to happen. Um, I think for us, you know, within like North America, Canada, um, you know, I've, I've heard whispers that MLS is going to resume. But then you have leagues like USL that they yes. have to make a decision soon, like really soon to to say whether or not they're going to play. And it's it's tricky because it's like, okay, either we're going to cancel our season and, you know, it, I feel bad for the players because then you're also going to have a lot of players that are going to deal with the whole contract expirations and there's no talks of resigning because obviously USL is a smaller league. So at that point, now you're having tons of players, possibly maybe a hundred to a hundred players that are going to have expired contracts. They're going to be free agents and they're not even going to know what to do because some of those players, it's not that they can't advance to a league like MLS, but let's be real. If my contract is expired and I'm a free agent and the whole league as, as a whole is, is canceled and no one's looking to sign anyone. What do I do? So are you so does that mean Ex- that there's going to be a exactly lot of hungry players that are going to be free agents till next year or at least till January? Cuz that's true because you brought up a good point because there's another league that suspended all operations in North America already. So a lot of those players are and they're not coming back they announced until the next season which is in August. So every single August one of those of players have been released in our free agents right now. They're saying August mm. 2020, but yeah, we know what the uh, yeah we know what that means. There's there's some league the league may come back, the league may not. So the club has told some players, hey, the club has some clubs have told players we're gonna sign you back for sure when the league starts again. But for now, you have to apply for unemployment wow. and things like that. And there are some clubs who just terminated players' contracts already wow. and said, well. Best of luck to you. That's unfortunate. That's so, really unfortunate. I think so. That, so then here's my it, question: it, it, What's the purpose it is really of having players' associations? I mean, from, from a North America side, right? What's the point of having like an MLS PA and a USL PA? <laughs> like, what is because now if if they are dealing with that type of situation where it's canceled, it's they're a free agent, they have to file for unemployment. Man, like that 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 sucks. Yes. It is a very sticky situation. And even um, back to what we're talking about, virtual reality, I know one club in the CPL did a um, virtual home opener for their fans where fans paid a fee to watch um, a Q&A with the players and um, just talk to the coaches as well. So I know that went well over with fans and they the club was also able to generate certain amount of revenue. But... It doesn't change the fact of course. that the fans of course. want but to the see fans the people wants, play. I mean, the fans like, want to see the people play. The that's... fans want access to the players. They want to know, hey, what's what's going on? And so that is where the clubs and the and the sponsors or the you know partners, as they like to refer to that term, um, the partners have to figure out something. They they have to figure out something. It's been about maybe two three months, so it's enough time to just shift everything to digital, and you're not going to make back a hundred percent of you know, the the profits of what you would have done. But now you're just figuring out how do I come up with virtual activations? I need to come up with a virtual activation, whether that's, um, like you said, hosting the home opener or, um, you know, I, I do a Q&A with the player, you know, so, something of that of that sort, because that's, it's unfortunate, man. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a sticky it time. Is. And especially I was excited it was excited for USL just because they um, reached their yes. new broadcast deal with ESPN yes. and ESPN Plus. So that made a lot of players that I know are excited about just being showcased on the yep. biggest sports network in North America. And it gave a lot of players a chance, even this year, if we're going to go in, talk about a bigger thing, mm-hmm. which is MLS yes. expansion teams are coming in. So we have Charlotte Austin. coming in and we have... Um, Austin coming in as well so that was a lot of players chance and motivation to perform well this season with the hopes that they get picked up by one of those two clubs now if USL decides they're not having a season 
And what happens to those players that were on the one-year contract in USL who were hoping that, hey, this mm-hmm. is my chance to showcase my skills and abilities versus the players who are in, let's say, MLS who are like, okay, well, I have a two-year, three-year contract. It doesn't if affect we don't play this much. season, right. I'm not financially hurt about it. Or also, we have to think about those draft players who are on their last year with an option. How there are, are a lot of as well? players that are also in that predicament where they, they're, they're on their last option, they're on their last year option. Um, but it makes me wonder if I'm an MLS expansion club, for example, or just an MLS club, maybe it's not a bad thing to look at some of those USL players, especially if they're, if they're coming up on their last year or this is their, you know, they're, they're now free agents. And even though this current season, they couldn't base, you know, stats off of what they were pulling in, obviously. But if you base it off of what they've done prior to, um, maybe it's not so bad to say, I can pick up one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all it's all a risk that clubs are going to have to take. And it's our job as agents to find Absolutely. players the best situation for them. And to pitch our players the way we need to do and just keep the dialogue open between agents and clubs and agents and players and agents and associations. Because at the end of the day, we all need to get through this together. And um, I've advised, I've advised players like um, in certain situations, if it's not a pay cut, if it's a deferral, there's no reason why, like you can help the club out that way. When it comes to play, pay cuts, then we need to sit down and actually figure out what's going on. Because like I mentioned earlier, if a club's going to cut your salary, but they're going to sign a player for tens of millions of dollars, shouldn't you get your salary back before that even happens? Or even a deferral, should you get the money that you were deferred back before the club decides they're going to mm. make a signing? Just very interesting topics that we agents have to discuss because I feel like it hurts the club's morale if you have players who've taken cuts and then the club decides, oh, we found an extra 50 million or 10 million to pay for this player, but we owe our players that same money. So transfers, all interesting topics. Very, very. Um, we just have to wait, man, because it's, it's, it, it's going to be interesting and we just have to tune in and, and see what's happening. And I feel like you know, like, like definitely, like you said, it's a buyer's market for sure, right? It's a buyer's market for sure. And it's, it's kind of like, this is more like chess, um, not chess. This is more like checkers to me where it's just going to be a lot of shifting. Um, but then it may not be so much shifting because it's yep. just like shifting sitting back watching pieces. and say, okay, hmm. Well, who's 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 gonna move what? You know, who's I think... who's gonna do what? Or it's almost it's almost like playing jump rope. Like, should I jump in now and try to get my client, you know, here, or should I just wait and see who does this transfer and then Literally. wait to hear like, okay, this club is looking for this person, or they're looking to transfer this one. I mean, man, but I'm I'm gonna ask you this though. Well, I'll say this. What in your well? You may already know the answer, but since we were talking about transfers, right? In global football, global, yeah. so that's all over. Who has the biggest transfer within the industry? So which which player? Which player and club? Which player or which club? Basically. Neymar yeah. the PSG. Yeah, Neymar. Yeah, yeah he was. Because I think prior to him, it was... What was it? Uh, I think it was Ronaldo. Prior to him, it was and uh, it was Ronaldo. Ronaldo went, and then no, no he's Neymar. the biggest currently. But prior to Neymar, Neymar. prior to Neymar. Oh yeah, and prior to Neymar, it was. I want to say Ronaldo. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was gonna say Gareth Ronaldo Bale. Too. And yeah, Gareth yeah, Bale. Gareth Bale. And Gareth Ronaldo. Bale also. Um, I know within North America, what the biggest transfer. Or at least recently was um, our guy um, uh, Davies, yeah, Fonzie, Alfonso Davies. Fonzie. So that that's one of the biggest, and most people will probably say how. But if you look at what he has done from 
and especially being in Canada, not even really North America itself, but Canada. That's that's huge. That's big. Shout out to Alfonso too. Um, he did pretty good this weekend. I was I was proud of his club honestly, I I was hoping that they um would win, and I was proud that they did. And so I predicted the score for that. But I was a little worried at first, but they they handled their business. They handle their business. But yeah, I mean, the, the, like yeah. I said, the transfer market is interesting, man. And it's, um, yeah, this one is definitely going to fill like January with a twist. With a twist. It's going to feel like January and it's going to feel like a domino effect, I feel. I feel like if one club doesn't move, then all the other clubs are just going to continue to fall into the place. And if clubs are stagnant, then who do you think is going, is who do you think window. will be? the hottest topic or the biggest transfer this summer if you had to if you had to predict let's say there are mm, based on the contracts and the rumors i would say oh um i would say there's three people um i would say (laughs) because i'm an arsenal fan i'm gonna talk about everyone's interested to know (laughs) what a bombing gang is going to do i will say that um i'm I'm really interested what do you think his move is gonna be every i think it's gonna come back to there are three things that i always talk to about with other agents and my friends it's one of three things one what club is going to pay what he's worth now where Arsenal will agree a deal to happen? Two, what club is going to be also on top of that going to be able to afford his salary? Because that's another thing fans may not know is the transfer that you see is just the payment towards the club, not necessarily the player as well. So that may be double what you guys actually see is what the club's actually going to spend in that player in general. Um, The third option is... I think maybe Aubameyang does end up staying and signing an extension just because Arsenal, it's going to be hard for them yeah. to go into the market probably, now and replace it. Do you think he would get a lower, like basically they'd have to sell him at a discount price maybe? Mainly because, so it's better yeah, for him to stay. Literally you'd have okay, to sell him so at that's a one. Who's number two? you know number two is you know who i'm gonna mention you know who's coming number two mr mr borussia dortmund you know who that is mr Mr. sanchu (laughs) your guy the one we talk about often i you know what i think i think just everything that's going on with him there. I think that's yeah. the hottest topic in transfers right now yes, because yep. everyone's trying Absolutely. to figure out what his decision is going to be, what he's going to do. And I also wanted to bring up, because we spoke about <laughs> this, I messaged you as the game was going on and I was like, wow, it's very interesting what's happening yep. and the reports yep. that are going to come out about your boy. It's going to be very interesting now because reporters, media, everybody... What do you think? What's going so, do you club. think he should stay, or do you think he should go? And if so, I mean, to where? Because we know it's narrowed down, obviously, to get him back to England. But you know, obviously, back within the EPL side. But which club in particular fits? You know, fits best for him. Yeah, his playing style. I think for sure. Oh yeah, that's out. he's that's not def- going back first to Man all, City. First of that's, all, I feel I don't, like I don't, they're, I don't, they're I don't, like shaking I don't their think heads because they're like, damn, you know, like to to think. <laughs> also, I want to I want to shout out Jaden Jadon because listen, what he did. Every other English Le- footballer man, is now looking at the conversation and coming I had yesterday. Because of him. The conversation because I had of him, yesterday. There are I'm not so... going to say this particular player's name. I like him a lot. They're calling him the 2.0 of Sancho. And if I say that, I think you know where I'm going with this. Oh, and it's interesting, right? I the know, club that he's I know with exactly who you're and about. what his decision is. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why is he even discussing that? Let alone he still has about right. Where was his right. agent or PR? And, and and then 
Yes. And I know exactly what you're talking because like, we saw the same thing. Like and I was like, like, you know like, what? Why is that even being discussed? What's going on? Like, <laughs> listen, man, Trust man. Me. Honestly, he, Sancho literally was the outlier who decided, listen, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to leave and come back. And I, I know Absolutely. it's going to take. Absolutely. Look at, Actually, look at the value. But look at the value. How he has, you Tremendously. know, I mean, just grown over in, in, in every aspect as a player, as just a uh, a young gentleman, you know, he's, he's just, he has grown and, um, yeah. you know, he has matured. And I, I, I think, you know, my opinion, I'm, I'm caught in between because being that he's from England, it's always great to play home. It's always great to play home. That's where you're from. You're going to rep it. Yeah. You know, he still reps it no matter where he's at. But um, I also feel like he has grown in, you know, Germany. Um, I, man, I'm caught in between because some days I'm like, man, he should follow his heart, you know, follow the best decision for his career. But then I'm also like, well, maybe he could stay another year. And because because of the market value is there, and, and also because um, of COVID, unless a club is really willing to pay what he's asking and what he's worth and his salary, if they're if they're willing to do that, then it may not be so bad for him to leave. But if they're not, then he should definitely stay. And just get an extension, honestly. I think it's true because, as you know, I was in Germany mm-hmm. and I was with some of the coaches from that same club and we were talking about him. Just because I, there were three players yep. I talked about Pulisic because we're from Reina's North America. Good, yeah. Reina's Giovanni Reina because we're from North America. And Mr. Sancho because I feel like he's just killing it over there. And this coach happened to be from England and worked for the Premier League as well, but now he's with Dortmund. And I was just saying that, wow, like, yes. the way you guys can develop these players, it's just Listen, another avenue. Because even look, look at how... Germany, okay? If there's three particular markets, I always say players should go for development. And I think you may agree with me on this, Nate. I always say you got Germany, you have Belgium, and you have... Um, Netherlands, or if you want to say Holland in particular, those three are the best places. If I had a kid, if I had a son, which when I do decide to have a son, he will be playing football. He could be 12 years old. I'm shipping him to one of those markets. I'm sorry. But, like, listen, you're going to go there, and I'll come visit, and that's that. <laughs> I told you, Maggie. I gotta oh, yes, do whatever yeah. I can to yeah, get that like, European passport. Like, like listen, I'm rushing. I have to do German, whatever I'm I can. Learn German, I'm trying to learn Dutch because, like, it's just it, it's amazing the talent that comes out of those areas, right? When and Sancho is prime example. It's a he's a prime example, and so you know, I, I I mean, maybe stay another year. Maybe stay another year, and and you know maybe. what, Maggie? I think he should. I think he should stay another year, but I'm also going to say, since we're talking about development, guys, we are definitely going to have a topic mm, yes, about we will. what's going oh, on yes. in U.S. That's soccer and their another... development that would, we, since we the may, DA shut down. We may need to get down. a guest for that one because that, that is another episode on to also give their take um, on that as well because that, yeah, that's a whole other topic when we talk about development. Um but the interesting thing about Santru is if he does decide to go, they, they've already got a couple of prospects to replace him, which if, if all works out, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, if, if they're going after who we discussed before. Oh, my goodness. Um, it is going it to be very. Work out. Yeah. It's, it's going to be. It's it's like it's kind of like it's not really a loss for them, nor will it be a loss Very. for Sancho because if he does go to let's say Manchester United or Chelsea, um, I just you know I, I was thinking that too because I'm like it's just so many. I guys. hope it's they not Chelsea. Great, I'm gonna say that squad, because you I know why. Like, I I don't 
think he fits into Chelsea. Yeah, I just feel like, okay, if you're not going to go to Manchester United, then... Mm. But then some people are like, well, maybe he fit good at Liverpool. But I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? The only way I could see Sancho at Liverpool is if Mm. one of the other wingers leave. And I'm going to say I've I've heard from my people over mm-hmm. in Senegal that yeah before this all happened yep. there may have I've been some, some movement at Liverpool from some some folks there over there so some you movement know at Liverpool. <laughs> from some reliable close people to yes you I've know heard who it plus, is I've I've a lot Mr. of shit going on close over there people even to from him. from not just Monet but even from the the whole um you know their partners What's happening with that? A lot of things are just going to... It's... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Wait, that's and the Nike deal as well. I can't wait to get into that. And, and partners discussion. And I don't know, man. But we just have to wait and see what Sancho's decision is going to be. Um, and, and we'll know pretty soon. It's coming soon. That decision will be coming soon. So now my next question is, who's your third? Who's Who's the the third player that you feel you know he's a hot topic mm, hot topic hot the third one i would say is um oh it's tough because i think the most interesting scenario we have heard has really? been with the guy in the Watford what about, deal. What about Barcelona? So I'm very interested to see how I'm... Be- because our guy over there, I mean... See, now, yeah, Barcelona... That's, that's... Yeah. See, now... See, now... But it's kind of like Barcelona is very interesting. It is exciting this year, for like, sure. Mm. But the question is... Is he going to resign or mm. does he wait to see what another player does and makes the move? Because then, you know, but see, that that also becomes a question of mine, too. It's like, does it make sense? If you're playing for 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 Barcelona, would you go back to, That's you know, does a different league sense? like Bundesliga? Does that make sense to leave? La Liga to go there. You you get what I'm saying? Because most of those players that are on the other side, they want to come there. So, it the, you know, the question becomes, does it make sense to re-sign or does it make sense to look elsewhere and see if you can get the best deal? I think, I think with that player, it all depends on his what, what he wants to do from... Okay. Let's take away football from a marketing mm, and media standpoint that is true. and where he thinks he's going to grow. Because I think I think Barcelona Absolutely. is one of the biggest Absolutely. clubs in the world. Hands top three. Like, if you ask anybody in the world, what, Barcelona is always there. So, and also, I'm, I know that it depends on the player's lifestyle too because in Germany – the lifestyle is just yeah. completely different from Barcelona or Spain in general. So I don't know. That's a tough one. I think I I would if honestly, yeah. I'm, if I'm playing, if I'm playing, I'm staying at Barca. If I'm not playing, I'm leaving and going to Bundesliga because one, their fan base is huge there. They have great players, good for development, and it's good for your career. But but if you're not if playing you're at Barcelona much, and you're playing and you're happy, figure out a way to stay. Because um, now that I think okay. about it, and even when you said it, it does make sense. Because now, not only would you be playing, but even from the marketing side, it would be you. You'd see the difference. Like you'd really see the difference in what that player was doing in 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 uh, Barcelona versus what they should be doing there. It's almost like they become that franchise player now. And but and it's all going to be around like I said if if our guy yes, decides yeah. to go somewhere else then chances are he may just come in. Right. Yep. 
And it's a smart yeah. move, though. To me, that's it's a the smart domino move effect. To exactly. Hit. If I'm a player, I'm looking that's at what other players are doing and seeing the shift and how it's going and where they're going. It's always interesting. And even more so for their, for us because as an agent, Absolutely. it's your best job to find your client the best possible deal. So this may be one of the things where clubs might not even know a player is interested, but you may reach out and say, hey, just so you guys know that you can potentially get our player, this player, that player. But you'd only know exactly. that if your agent is Which is extremely important. Football news extremely important to be in the know. And and know what's going on, um, just from a global standpoint. Yep, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah, so we, guys, we we had you over. We for went over in today with um. The, I told you, transfer market is like it's fun. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Um, but of course, we, yeah. we do have a lot more in store for you guys. Um, Nate, why don't you tell them what else we have coming up? Um, for the or at least as we wrap up yes definitely we're gonna give you guys the youth development in North America and the DA conversation because there are some very interesting things happening over mm-hmm. in US soccer and North America from a development standpoint we're gonna bring you a talk on yes. women's some soccer in general what's yes, going on in women's pay. football whether it's the WPL from Equal Pay, um, youth development from the women's standpoint. We're also going to have um, conversations on sponsorship boot deals Coaching. Um, and also scouting past COVID and what um, scouts are scouts are doing and coaching through COVID as well. So please stay tuned yeah. to a lot more talks next that we're going to have. Next I hope week. you guys enjoyed next week. this Thank one. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you guys next Friday.